Hello and happy Halloween from Paper Tuesdays. I am Mark Halvin, he is Michael Dwyer. Hello there. Do you think we look spooky, Mark? I don't know because I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> we probably look queer anyway. I think so, very spooky. Uh, where did we get these, Michael? Uh, these are from a Chinese Euro 2 shop in Enniscorthy. Shout out to them. And they didn't even sponsor us. <laughs> so, do you know what? Out, out. Buffy, gonna say. <laughs> good point, good mm. point. Mark, do you remember last Halloween? We had a lovely episode where we had Mar Michael Fortune on the old Zoom. Mm. He was very good, wasn't he? He was class, yeah. He's yeah. probably busy now this time here, is he? Yeah, probably. I'd say telling all the local radios about the old stories. And it, it prompted me this afternoon to have a look back and see what um, ghost stories there are in the gory area. Yeah. So I have t I, I have three in total, Mark. I want you to decide which ones you believe in. Ah, oh, okay. Yes. okay, yeah. Right. So this first one comes from Kylnearn. It's a from, uh, it comes from Ballinastraw House. And during Sir Thomas Esmond's time there, right, a ghost visited the pond. And it's noted in this uh, account that the pond was surrounded by foreign trees. It must have been a very impressive pond with the foreign trees. Yeah. Foreign trees, yeah. Uh, Larry Esmond heard someone one night tried to, and he went over and tried to save them. He thought they were drowning in the pond and he heard three screams at the other side. So Larry went over to the other side. He saw a light but he just thought that was someone else coming to help him and then he saw a huge man standing motionless. Guess how tall this man was, Mark Alban? Seven foot. Twenty feet in height. Jesus Christ, he never <laughs> measured him, Adam. So Larry shouted, Oh, come to my aid, someone. <laughs> oh, come to my aid. There's one way not to get <laughs> And after a while, he managed to get around to the house. It was said that this man was drowned after the pond was made, and this was him coming back to life coming out of the pond, all 20 feet of them. How does a 20 foot man drown? <laughs> <laughs> would you go into Harrington and shout, no, come to my aid, Dr. Harrington. <laughs> Where is the physician? So what do you think, Drew? Uh, I love how it ends, like, I thought there'd be more to this. I thought, you know, we'd figure out the identity of this 20 foot man, but no. Um, uh, it's real fake. True. True, okay, okay. <laughs> Next one, another local one. This is about Hunter Gown. Did you ever grow up with the stories of Hunter Gown? No. Oh, I grew up with a many. So he was meant, meant to have been a priest hunter. And, oh. um, <laughs> what? <laughs> he hunted priests? Yeah. <laughs> Back in 98, and he led um, an orange mob um, after 98. And um, so it said that. 1798, yes, <laughs> not 19. <laughs> hunter priest. Hunter priest for a different reason in 1998. <laughs> So, <laughs> so he, um, oh, there's this whole story of him, his finger, using the finger of a priest to, to swirl a punch bowl and he said um, to hell or the mount and then that night he, he was killed by people that were unhappy with him killing the priest and then that, well, he didn't make it to the mount, which was his home place, Mount Nebo, near Hollyfort. But anyway, this is a different hunter story, okay? So, a presumed priest hunter, um, this is, uh, after the years of hunter gowns, so this is like, say, 50 years after 98, and all of them are dead and gone. John Mulligan, shout out John, long dead, um, from Kilnehue, he saw apparitions of a uniformed cavalry, cavalry man coming to attack him. But then, before the cavalry man reached him, 
He also saw a priest in full vestment saving him. And this apparition was meant to have been a hunter gown coming to attack him. But he was saved by Father Redmond. Father Redmond was uh, hung on a fabricated charge back in 1998. And he's buried in Gory Hill. And the shock Sorry. of the apparition. Sorry. I said 1998. But again. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't oh, I keep going 98. Yeah. 17. 98. Just to be clear. Sorry. Go on. So no, he was no. hung. Yeah, yeah, your man Father Edmund was hung back in, so this is somehow, he was hung in 1798 and he's buried in Gory Hill along with Patrick Carroll and somehow the apparition of John Mulligan seeing this event unfold caused, led to his ultimate death in a few days later and the horse that John Mulligan was on at the time was ever addicted to shivers. That's a direct quote. Ever addicted to the shivers, that horse was. <laughs> How did he die? John Mulligan? Yeah. From the shock. From the shock. Of seeing this apparition. It was so vivid, so strong to see the two, um, the, the, the hunter gown figure coming to him and then the priest saving him. So now, true or false? So, are you asking me, do I think you made it up or do I think this actually happened? Yeah, I think you thought it was going to be true or false. All yeah. of these are actually true. All are true stories. <laughs> but still, we don't, like, they're folklore. They come with it bits and pieces. But, like, this is a, it's fairly strong in that it says that this was John Mulligan of Kilnehue, who was a farmer. Yeah, I do. On the, based on the detail, I think it's mm. true. They even go into yeah. his horse. Yeah. So there you are, two very local stories. Now we're going down to the south of the county mark, and I just thought this was a funny one. Uh, Cushionstown, um, so this was the tale of two men, and they started, they were travelling by horse and car, and then they reached the graveyard, and didn't they see a ghostly figure of a woman and a man in another car, roaring, be gone to God or the devil or whoever you belong to. They never saw that woman anymore because she was a ghost. That's the direct <laughs> quote there. <laughs> this is like when you don't know the answer for something so you just say anything confidently <laughs> because she was a ghost it's brilliant it's uh, brilliant I, I, I think I, I love that quote and I love I'll come to my aid I just think wow it's very um, Trumpish isn't it the last one it's like because yeah. she was a ghost <laughs> no more questions <laughs> So true, so true. Speaking of Trump, actually, I see an article of, uh, I'll find it here, but someone was in a meeting with Trump and Boris Johnson. Oh. And they wrote an article about the meeting. I'll try to find it now. So, here it is. Trump and Boris Johnson want to spend a com considerable part of a meeting discussing how strong kangaroos are. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it happening all right. Yeah, former President Donald Trump and UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson once spent a considerable part, considerable part of a meeting discussing how strong kangaroos were. The former White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham wrote in an upcoming tell-all, according to her excerpt in The Guardian. Uh, apparently they riffed on a wide variety of topics during the meetings, including kangaroos and gallbladders. <laughs> That's bad. Uh, did you hear actually that Boris is also... Um He's looking at bringing in the mushrooms, well, for specific studies or something anyway. I saw Boris. a headline about it, yeah. Jesus. He's open-minded about fungi and mushrooms, um, magic mushrooms for, well, psilocybin, of course, for mm. depression and the like. Mm. Another Halloween one, Mark, this comes from New Zealand. Mm. Uh, Ian Brackenberg, um, he has got, yeah, he's got his P45. 
he used to get 10,000 US dollars a year to serve as Christchurch's official wizard. He was the official wizard <laughs> of Christchurch and you know they've decided since uh, since 98 he used to um, get this get get this money for his work as a wizard and he's fuming as he says the council lacks imagination and he projects an image of bureaucrats drinking lattes on the boulevard. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's in the context of him being sacked or not. But anyway, um, every day the world gets more serious. So fun is the most powerful thing the world has in the world right now. That was Ian's comment as a result. But the wizard is going to keep on doing his wizardry, even though he won't get paid for it. <laughs> what was his duties? Uh, to conjure up magic and provide an attraction for the people of Christchurch. Right. And he was stayed paid? Yeah. And was he like a busker type thing where he's on the street? Yeah, you can picture, the, I'm sure Robbie could muster up a, an image or something, but like if you picture the wizard figure with, you know, the strong beard, grey beard, basically, you know, a foreboding figure. Yeah. We need, I agree, and we need more, we need more wizards, wizards with stuff like that, yeah. Yeah. There, there will be competitions like of the Wizard of Outer Valk, who will it be this year? <laughs> and yeah, I think every parish should have a wizard then, yeah. Yeah. Right. How do we get that motion going? <laughs> I don't know, petitions, I suppose. Petition, I'd write you a letter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do I have any other spooky stories? Oh, well, Demi Lovato, mm-hmm. who goes by they or them, sang Skyscraper in the hopes of calming a mysterious being called Carmen on a new UFO series called An Unidentified with Demi Lovato. I wasn't really too sure what the article was about, but <laughs> I don't know how she calmed down uh, an ET figure. They, oh, excuse me, I would try to, <laughs> yeah, how they did that. But anyway, um, yeah, so now, what do you think, Mark? Do you think she was able to connect? Oh, my God. <laughs> do you think they were able to connect with the uh, extraterrestrial being? I think they were great, yeah. Yeah, pretty good. There you go. Cool, there you go. cool. cool. Well, I always sing Skyscraper when I feel sure. like singing something emotional for people. Do you have to make me feel like there's nothing left of me? You can take everything I have. You can break everything I am like I'm made of glass. Like I'm made of paper. There we go. <laughs> Standing ovation. Cool. I think that's the okay for us to wow, come in. Yes. That's so cool. That's the coolest. That's the coolest standing ovation I've ever had. Wow, I, you've seen a, a lot cool. of stuff, I'm sure. You probably have never seen anything like what's going to happen happening right now. Not ever. That's why I'm so wow. glad to be here, man. Fair play to them. Fair play to them. Now also fair play to them at uh, the University in South Andrews, Fife. Uh, They celebrated Raisin Monday, Mark. And as far as I can see, it's nothing to do with raisins. All it involves is a massive shaving foam fight. And the people there are covered in shaving foam. (laughs) Just absolutely covered. A white scene there. Chaotic scenes all together. And there was even a good picture snapped there by, by the Scottish version of Ger Lacey of a young one and a young fella. Snogging the face off each other with this, with the shaving foam going everywhere. Jesus, it reminds you of a storm, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus, the foam. The Jesus foam goes, yeah. I was never at one now, were you? 
No. No, I wouldn't have been interested me now. I was <laughs> too much of an inconvenience for you, wasn't it? Yeah, well, no, we were fat children as well, so it would have, our man boobs would have been on show now, had we t shirts wet. Wouldn't have been too appealing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. Uh, a cooking pot brought an Indian uh, couple to their wedding ceremony. So they got to this uh, man and the woman, they were on their way to the wedding, and but the place is flooded, obviously. The, lots of floods over in India at the moment. Mm. Hope they get well soon. Yeah, and um, so they got in this massive cooking pot, you can picture it, a big cauldron type. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had they, they traveled by, it took 20 minutes for them to get to the temple. And so uh, even the father of the, of the groom swam to the wedding ceremony and others used another pot. So, very inventive. Right. <laughs> Where was the wedding? India. In- but they were Indians themselves. Uh, why did he swim to the wedding? Because it's floated. Oh, yes, yes. So sorry. he, they didn't have a pot. They so. floated in the yeah. pot. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mad, isn't it? That is crazy. Yeah. Can you imagine it? Um, in other news, if you're ever, do you fall asleep on the, on the, on when you're driving or well, no, no, when you're no, driving, uh, I haven't. <laughs> but say like when you're a passenger or anything, no. Uh, the odd times I'd have to be very tired. Mm. Very tired. Yeah, for some reason there's a tour company in Hong Kong and they're trying to appeal to people that that do fall asleep on it to join their five-hour tour, and it's particularly guided for people who find it easy to sleep on public transport. Mm. It seems like a niche market. I yeah. don't know if it's going to last now. It happens a lot of people. Yeah. Um, Stamp once fell asleep. On the bus home from Dublin, and his mother had to collect him in ferns. Oh, no way! I know of another story of a lad from Gorey who was on a night out in Dublin and he wanted to get the bus home to Gorey after, fell asleep. Or, no, sorry, he was on a night out in Wexford Town, wanted to get home to Gorey, and he woke up in Dublin Airport. Oh, wow, Janie Mac. That's mad. I remember someone went to, I think it was one of the Strictly Come Dances, and he supported us, so I'll keep his identity anonymous for this. Mm. But he had a drink with us in the Fowler. And he met Billy Byrne and he was delighted with that. He mm. just thought Billy Byrne was, and he is the man. Mm. And uh, then he, he got, we boarded the bus and he shifted one of the women on the bus that was getting off at Arklo and then he made his way up to Dublin. <laughs> Wasn't that some eventful bus journey? That's class. Yeah. <laughs> was she on a night out as well? Can we get him on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> was he on the night? I, I don't know. I don't really know. Uh, I, yeah. It's mad. That's, that's great. It's a good story. What a story. Yeah, yeah. Um, Quilpy in the Australian outback mark is attracting young families. It's located a thousand kilometres from Brisbane and Aussies willing to build a house there qualify for a grant worth 10,000 US or Australian dollars. Right. And that's roughly the equivalent of land prices there. So effectively the town is giving away land for free. Jesus. Why? Because they're trying to get uh, skilled people like mechanics, bartenders, uh, nurses, those type of people into the area. Did you find the outback? Like, I imagine it's the type of place where you were on your cattle uh, farm study. Yeah, very little people there. They're trying, yeah. trying to gentrify it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. 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 I can see why though. But like, in when I was there, was when I remember they were showing all over the world about the, the fires in Australia. Yeah. Real bad fires. That was the start of COVID actually. Oh yeah. Remember it was fires, then COVID, and everyone thought the world was ending. Mm. But they were saying like the Australians I knew were saying that this happens all the time. For some mm. reason the news is just picking onto it this year. That like people build houses in these areas because they cost fuck all because everyone knows they're going to burn down because mm. of the fires that happen every year. Mm. I'm sure there's fires happened there this year. It's just they had the news had something else to talk about. Yeah. But like these people knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Or not that they knew, but like they just took a cheap house. In a place where wildfires will spread. 
Yeah. They took a risk. House insurance is a big deal over there, isn't it? Like, you know, if um, it's everything really, sure, because of uh, that. But um, on Australia and that, did you find politics kind of entrenched or did you find a lot of people with strong political views? No, there was one fellow I worked with who his mother was Northern Irish Protestant and he hated Catholics. Oh, right. And he knew I was one, but he was said I was okay, he liked me. Right. But this guy, was, he was a bit off anyway. But like, okay. um, That was the only real thing I found. I don't know, like, there seems to be a big push back against the government over there at the minute with all these lockdowns and stuff, mm. especially Scott Morrison, who uh, is not flavour of the month. He's the MP, like the Taoiseach of Australia, and he's putting on all these strict lockdown laws. I think there's curfews and all, isn't there, still in Melbourne? Right. Can't be out after 10, and I think you can only be outside to go grocery shopping and other oh. essential things. Right. That might have changed by now, I'm not sure. Yeah. They're very, I found that because everyone has to vote over there, they're very exercised about politics. And um, when you say about fires burning and that, uh, there were some people that we met that were blaming the Greens because um, they didn't want, the Greens had stopped the back burning or, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that then influenced more fires because that natural process. Yeah, um, and that's correct. Yeah. You have to burn, because if you think about it, it's like fire spreads. So what you do is you prepare for the fire by burning out a large strip of land first so it doesn't spread any further. So when it gets to the original end of the land that's going to catch fire, it doesn't spread further on. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. it stops there because there's nothing else to burn because that's already burnt. Mm. And the Greens were saying this is terrible and all. You're burning fucking trees, burning like a couple of acres instead of burning fucking 500 acres. Mm. So that's the world we live in, isn't it? That's it, that's it. Mark, have you ever thought of... Actually, shout out to our sponsors, um, Paper Tuesdays. Or, yeah, shout out to Paper Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> sound out rhythm there. Uh, we, we t- please God, there'll be a, another sound out rhythm making noise. We have a guest, a new guest on the way. A new guest, yeah. yeah. And anyway, they're probably thinking about a name at the moment. And mm. uh, would you believe that names like Nigel, Gary and Jordan are endangered in the UK? No way. Hmm. There as baby names. There were more Lucifers born than Gary's last year. Yeah, why would you name a child Gary in Vernus? <laughs> Gary or fucking Kyle or something. Yeah. Jordan, I thought would have been popular. Yeah. Nigel is a bad one. No. Why would you call a baby Nigel? I think they're just, and they also said Piers. I think they're just drawn. It's the tabloid article. So I think they're just so oh, Nigel for as Piers born. Yeah, yeah. Throw eggs at them. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, Lucifer apparently is from the Netflix series Lucifer. I didn't know there was one. Right. Yeah. Okay. Very pop culture like. And then, <laughs> and then apparently, Sex Education, the Netflix series, has influenced arises in the names Maeve and Otis. Really? So we actually take, uh, I'm sure it doesn't surprise you, but like we are taking names from television programs now. Yeah. Dan. What I've yeah. noticed is a lot of babies being born with the middle name May. Oh. After, and I don't know, I can't make a direct correlation here, but mm-hmm. Molly May from Love Island. Oh. Hmm. Do you know? Yeah. So we definitely do take it, you take it in from what you see, don't you? I suppose we do. Mm. Yeah. A few babies called Ada as well after Peaky Blinders came out. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And I'd never heard of an Ada before I watched Peaky Blinders. Now there's a good few babies around called Ada. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Really. Um, Squid Game is the phase of the year, Mark. Did yeah. you watch the last episode? I watched only the last episode. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a clue what was going on. I had a nightmare about it, though. Did I, tell you about, I told you about that nightmare. Yeah. 
so uh, what happened in the nightmare? Oh, so in the nightmare there was um, we were in a room, we were in a hotel or somewhere, myself and Breed, and there was a intercom system on the top of the wall, like there is in Squid Game, I think, but it wasn't the last episode, and so the intercom was telling us to do stuff that they were asking the couples to do on Married at First Sight. So it was like getting us to do these like staring into each other's eyes and all these kind of fucking yokes. We weren't doing them. And then <laughs> I turned off the light, got into bed. There was only one bed in the room. When I got into the bed, I looked out the window and in the moonlight, I saw another bed with a little person sitting up in it, a little boy reading a book. And I just went back and I was like, that's not. And then I looked again, it was still there staring at me. And I went, who are you or what are you doing? And it goes, uh, I'm blank, Breed's little sister's name. And I was like, no, you're not, you're a boy. And then it just didn't say that and stared back at me. And then I woke up shouting. I don't know why I was shouting. But when I woke up, I had a cold patch in the center of my back that felt like someone's hand was on me. Stop. I swear to God, I didn't tell you this because I actually forgot it. But it was like, and I felt it intensely. Like I was facing, so my bed is in the back room there. And I was facing away from the door. And there's a space beside me where someone would be able to stand over me and put their hand on my back. And my back was off, the blanket was on, not on my back, so someone could have put their hand there. And it was only in, like, the size of the palm of a hand felt cold, freezing cold. That's bad. And I've woke myself up shouting twice in the past week. So you wake up and you realise you're shouting? Yeah, like, my lips are moving. And right. I'm shouting as I'm waking up, like, in my dream I'm shouting, and then I wake up and my lips are moving. What are you saying? Uh, like, that was, like, I don't know what I was saying, but then the second time I woke up and it was, I was having a dream that we had pet lions... And I was playing with the lions. It was actually half a lion, half a Labrador. And it grabbed a hold of my arm and wouldn't let go. And I was shouting, ah, ah, ah. And I woke up and I was like, ah, ah, ah. That's bad. Yeah. The, uh, it's the full moon, Michael. The full moon. The full moon mm. is right. But you're also on the CBD oil. It's a multitude of factors, oh, really. Know, like yeah. The CBD oil would induce that, I suppose. I would it? probably would, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I take a lot of stuff. But, like, I was taking sleepy tea. I had, a, I think that night I was taking sleepy tea. I had an some salt bath. I took CBD oil. I took magnesium. Oh, yeah. So there was a lot of stuff in my Crazy. system. Yeah, <laughs> a cocktail. Yeah, a cocktail was it? Now, Michael. Yeah. I have something for you. Okay. So we were talking about journaling recently. Yeah. And I decided you have a lot on your plate. Right. I'll do your diary for you. Oh, right. Okay. So I wrote your diary for one day, and I'd like you to read it. <laughs> so. Here we go. Here is yesterday in the life okay. of Michael Dwan. Thank you. Dear Diary, today started just out... Uh, sorry. Dear Diary, today started out just as any other. I arise from my slumber, vault out of bed, and remove my Ryan Tuberty pyjamas. <laughs> I then sit in my PC. <laughs> And meditate for six hours. <laughs> Upon my return from Nirvana, I kiss my dear Ash on her forehead and wish her a namaste. <laughs> the journey. <laughs> the journey to Mark Alpin Fitness begins. <laughs> or does it? The Cleo Sport takes a rest day as a massage on her circuit board fails to excite her again. 
tried spe- <laughs> I even tried spelling the alphabet with the strokes. <laughs> I take the other car. <laughs> I arrive at the gym and surprise, surprise, Mark is dressed like Bart Simpson again. He pretends to be watching my form, but I know for a fact he is staring enviously. My my socks. <laughs> you do too. <laughs> After making sweet cardiovascular love to the assault bike, I, I cool myself down to the sweet sound of DJ Kino's gym emojis playlist. <laughs> and I'm on my way. <laughs> Off to an escorty I go, listening on the way to a podcast about Russell Brand's beard, hosted by a man who has been feeding himself from the same dinner of beans for three I arrive to work and take the phone off the hook. I'm not in the mood for it today. Instead, I draft a letter to Paul Cameron inquiring about my ports. <laughs> Once that's signed, sealed and handed over to Paul Moore's people, it's time for a kombucha. I go to the office fridge. There has been a kombucha heist. There's only one thing to do at a time like this. Meditate. Two hours later, I resume my place in reality and begin my search for the culprit. I didn't have to look far, though. I see it on a co-worker's desk. After a quick tete-a-tete, is that French? I think so. I say I'm good at tete-a-tetes with said co-worker. It seems she confused it as she thought it was alcohol and I was getting drunk at work. <laughs> oh sweetie, little do you know, I'm not drunk at work, I'm drunk on work. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is so sad. <laughs> 5.30 arrives and I drive home to HQ. <laughs> Along the way... <laughs> Along the way I listen to the Nationwide theme tune on repeat, as I do every day. <laughs> I opened the exterior door to the house, closely followed by a gory interior door into the kitchen. I eat my coach cheese while Keaton's ceremonies with the violin as I then prepare the ceremonial match of tea while we wait for the main event. And yes, there it is. And Doyle at the nine o'clock news. It was a barrel of laughs again this evening, as usual. <laughs> and that then brings us right up to where we are now. Just another day on the grief form, as Jake would call Not John Doyle would say. Ta-ta and farewell. Namaste, diary. P.S. I really think I fancy Ashton. Scones, P.T., Wow, that is sensational. Do you know, I think most of that is actually true. <laughs> you don't have a, do you have a bit of variety, but like when you're in a nine to five job, like I know maybe not six hours of meditation, but like <laughs> sometimes it can, it can seem a chore, a chore with fitness, but uh, as in it's a, you know, you have to do it, but there were days like today and sometimes like days like today, the discipline of this diary entry are invigorating. <laughs> and 
to see it on paper. Isn't it great to pack so much into life? And um, yeah, Mark, that's sensational. Thank you for that. You're very welcome. It, it has so many personal touches, including <laughs> the colon L face. <laughs> what made you want to do that? I, I don't know. I only wrote about, uh, about half an hour before you came. Really? Yeah, just like <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. Um, would I change anything? I'd probably meditate less. Uh, six hours <laughs> seems excessive. Um, but yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. About the Squid Game, I was telling you, mm. Mark, that for Halloween, this is the phase of the year. Uh, this Halloween, uh, searches for red jumpsuits are up 170%, and green tracksuits are available on Etsy if you want them. Mm. So now, would you be dressing up this year? I have no plans for a costume. Yeah. I probably should have. Do you? No. No? no I never dress up. Really. Well, no, I used to dress up as Dracula, but that's... That's about the height of it. I use a big Dracula man. Did you have a regular one you went to? Uh, no. No, I never really dressed up. Did you not? No, not since I was a child. Mm. We used to have a little gr green dragon outfit that we all wore. It was like age three to four. Mm. And sure that just passed through all of us. Started with Michael Gall's way to Shane. Wow. Yeah, that's the only one I really remember about Halloween. But would you play the games? Like, would you play the bobbin for apples? or No, the apple not from recently. The ceiling? No, but you did last year, and we you found it quite year. difficult, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, the bobbin for apples, they hit you in the teeth. Yeah. yeah. I think I have a chip too at the minute, actually. Cold drinks and stuff, Art. Right? Here's Shane now. Here's Shane. Thanks to Shane and Robbie for their usual support. Oh, yeah, this one about American healthcare. New Yorker Kelsey Vermanian uh, was en route to hospital. She was about to give birth. Yeah. But then the car broke down, and she called an ambulance. And it was going to cost them $1,000 just for to get the ambulance for from there to the hospital. Yeah. Instead her husband and her started walking the half mile to the hospital and on the walk her waters broke but thankfully Prairie was born without incident. Prairie? Yeah. You judged there. You silently yeah, judged there. Yeah I did. Yeah. Prairie. <laughs> so I was trying to think you know, people go for a walk on the prairie. So oh yeah. That's where they got from. Um, Jesus Christ I was born on the street. Yeah they, they must have made it somehow to the to the uh, hospital but a thousand dollars and like it wasn't that far it was only for a half mile, half mile. for yeah. an ambulance a thousand that's fucking crazy yeah i remember when i was in new york i know it's only one incident but i remember there was an ambulance at a crossroads and i was trying to get through and the cars wouldn't move no way you just take for granted the cars that move at a junction but no. yeah could that's you it. i know two people who uh have given birth in the car on the way to the hospital oh really yeah did I ever tell you about Ashton's sister, Neve? No. She was born at the Mint. Uh, they were on the way to the hospital and there was a guard escort. But the guards kept going. Uh, but, see, she was... Uh, they were around 20 minutes away and um, they had to pull in at the bus stop at the Mint. Mm. And... Um, but sure, the guards kept going and didn't realise until they arrived in the hospital that they'd missed the hospital. So. <laughs> but she was delivered safely and it worked out grand. And What's do you think you'd be cool and collected on it? <sighs> I don't know. You'd have to be, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, like fuck me. How much are new car seats? <laughs> <laughs> you reckon yeah. farewell? I think I, once I had them on the phone, if I had them on the phone and I was able to cut the cord, then it'd be all right, yeah. Bit Did of you get the hospital on the phone? Uh, or the 999 people are able to talk you through it. What would you cut the cord with? Yeah, I might have to bite it off. Hmm? <laughs> or maybe it just stays attached. <laughs> yeah. I read somewhere before that you can... Um, that they say that you should leave it attached, but sure, that was 
nonsense you have to go to the dumpster yeah like imagine you had some attached to you with a rope mm. your little person here like a yeah it's not even hands free no <laughs> yeah I think I'd need to do with the deep breathing as well though would you? Yeah. you'd be panicking yeah Ashlyn would be yeah. suiting you with the breathing <laughs> four in four out yeah a bit of Wim Hof um, Pablo Escobar Mm. What a man. Uh, what a his, man <laughs> his rapidly producing Colombian cocaine hippos. Yes. I didn't know there was such a. Oh, you did. did so, you, go on. Oh, yeah. So, uh, some scientists called for a cull of these hippos because they were mass produced and were causing a problem. Mm. So, then in, um, enter a regional environmental agency and they've introduced a contraceptive for these hippos called Gonacon. And 24 hippos have undergone this treatment now. It's much needed as hippo waste apparently impacts the fish and ultimately humans. That's interesting about the hippos. Apparently they were just living in his old mansion. He had like the hippos as a pet or whatever. And he died and the mansion was just vacated. Hippos were left there and then they bred. And then oh. they just took over. It's like the Everglades with the snakes. And oh my gosh. But uh, on the, the contraception thing, mm. there's a new male contraceptive out. Alright, what does it involve? So it's uh, hormone-free and uh, reversible. So male contraceptive bath device wins Dyson Award. The groundbreaking device promises to give men a reliable pain-free form of birth control by heat using heat and their private parts. So it's this little bath and it's shaped in the cup for your balls. You put it in, it heats up. Your balls, so it's a groundbreaking form of male contraception. Use a testicle bat, and uh, it prevents pregnancy. It comes from Germany. Uh, apparently, the device uses ultrasound DP to cause sperm mobility in the testicles to be modified and temporarily cease. Would you trust it? <sighs> no. No. Like, how do you know it's going to come back? Like, mm. do you know. Uh, it means the female leg cannot be fertilized by the sperm during sex. The users simply needing to use the device every few months. For the contraceptive, the contraceptive to take effect. Uh, when my partner and I were looking for an alternative, we became aware of the lack of male contraceptives. Yeah, so mm. I wouldn't do it personally. But uh, apparently, like cold is good for the opposite. Oh yeah. For it's good for a sperm uh, motility and stuff like that. You've said that, yeah, yeah. That That's was a fella. Fun. I was reading before, and he he had very low sperm count or something he got tested and all he did was change he made sure he got eight hours of sleep he ate more vegetables and he took cold showers instead of warm ones and he tripled his sperm count just it's by unreal. doing that in four months it's unreal which is crazy yeah it's brilliant to hear though mm. that it can be as simple as that for some people yeah um yeah do you have any other reddit tales for us mark uh you can hire fat people in japan now hire them you can rent them uh, uh, what does that? What do you do with them? So you can now rent fat people in Japan. A new company seeks to change the image of being overweight in Japanese society. One of the more unusual industries to appear in Japan in recent years is the rent a person business. There was a rent a middle aged dude and rent a sister services. We tried out, for example, and now comes a new innovation: a company that will let you rent a fat person. We should point out that the fat designation come from the company itself, which is called Debukari, from the Japanese word fat and rent. The Bukhari's weight threshold is 100 kilograms, but they also have over 125 and over 150 kilogram classes. Another important point of the Bakery is not a romantic escort, erotic entertainment, or otherwise titillating service. Good the company job. states that its goal is to promote progression away from an era where being fat had a negative image. 
asserting that in Japan it takes a skill to reach a weight of over 100 kilograms. In fact, it's actually an offshoot of plus size men's clothing store Quizilla by Mr. Bliss, although the bookery also offers women and other gender people. Right. Let's see. What would Durant um, want to do? Seems a bit excessive, doesn't it? Sumo wrestling, though. I wonder, is that connected? Are they going to do a collab, maybe, or something like that? Could be. Mm. Maybe. A, a sponsorship. A sponsorship. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say... What could you possibly rent one for? No. I don't get it. And there are other things, surely, to focus on. There's other business opportunities. I don't know. I don't get... Mad, Speaking of business opportunities, yeah. uh, shout out to Salt Rock Dairy. Oh yeah, I That's got their thing. milk last night. It was class. So yeah. it's a whole thing. Like that, you go in, you buy the milk bottles, you get your syrup, and then you—it's contactless. You pay, and then it gives you the milk. Mm. It's like a vending machine for milk, which oh, I didn't really? understand. I just went and bought the milk. Yeah, but it's it's fully automated, which is very cool. It's the way to go, isn't it? Mm. Um, it reminds me a bit of. Uh, I'm looking to go to Estonia, Mark. I don't know. Right. Why. Yeah. I want to go to Estonia because they're kind of, they're leading the way as kind of like the modern uh, country that's appealing to business, appealing to um, entrepreneurs, appealing to crypto and the like. Mm. And they have now post, uh, robots delivering post. Um, and they're, they're just seem quite open-minded. So I think we could learn a bit from what they're trying to do uh, in bringing Estonia right up to the current year. Yeah, Estonia is just bypassing the last century and going straight yeah. to the next one. Yeah, because they were still there. It's a bit like what you've been learned recently that like uh, communist countries, uh, you know, they they um, the symbols that we take for granted on our clothing and everything just uh, yeah are brand they, they new for them. That. They don't have brands. They don't have films. They don't have like American television. It's all the television propaganda. Like they choose what you can see. It's wild, like. <clears throat> What were we saying before? What were we talking about before? Um, uh, technology, Estonia, Estonia. and um, business opportunities, Salt Rock. No, and automation. no something to do with Estonia. I can't remember now. Um, no, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Unfortunately. Yeah. Is it time for the big reveal, Mark? Shall okay. we? Robbie, you can cut this in or leave this out. Paper Tuesdays is going live, Mark. Oh, yeah. We might as well, yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're doing a live show in Gory on the 3rd of December. It's a Friday night. It's eight o'clock throwing. It's going to be a bumper night, a bumper packed night of entertainment. It is. It's going to be a good crack. It's yeah. uh, going to be a first. Yeah. So get there. You want to see the first one? Get the first one. And we are we're meeting we're meeting regularly. To, you know we want to put on a big show for you. And uh, our main man on the night will be Conor McDonald, and our other main men will be Billy Byrne and Jer Cush, and our main woman of the night is Bree Brown. This is going to be one memorable occasion. Um, we would really appreciate if you bought tickets. And uh, they're 17 euro each and they'll be on sale from greatevents.ie. Yeah. Yeah. Get there early. Yeah. If nothing else, just for the supporters. Yeah. We can do it. It's very exciting. Yeah. Um, Mark, have we any other thoughts? Any other thoughts, parting thoughts? No, Halloween is coming up. Yeah. Stay safe. What do you think of teachers and they get a week off now? Do you envy them? Uh, no, because no. I know some teachers and one of them was telling me today that they were worked until 10 or 11 every night this week so that they could take next week off and not have to do really? paperwork. Wow. Okay. That puts a different complexion on things. Then there's other it? teachers that tell me they're professional golfers in the summer because the government play, pays them to play golf. So there's two ends of the spectrum <laughs> there. There is. Now. There is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, enjoy it if you're a teacher. And um, if you're yeah. not, don't. Yeah, yeah. Just don't do your it. nine to five, and you know, watch Anne Dial in the evening, and you get some release from that. Grin and bear it. Yeah. Go home and take it out on the dog. <laughs> Let's leave it on that. Let's leave it on that. Ta-ta and farewell. <laughs> Namaste.